Welcome to episode 520 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's just two boys and that's Ken Up. In this episode, we talk about Small World Workshop and TMNT Mutant Mayhem Round 2. I'm Andrew Sale. And I'm Patrick Hill. So get ready for a dude duo discussion that's right on deck. About sticky shoes. Sticky shoes. Why you always stick on me? Those are that's the song. That's the one. That's the one. Well, Patrick, we like to kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. But I do want to start this episode off a little bit different because I have a whole list of issues with all the things you guys talked about last week without me present. <laughs> it's is that what that one by or two by two sticky note was? Was all the things you have wrong with it? No, I'm just joking. There was a ton of time. We were listening to the to the episode on the drive back from Florida and um, as we were driving, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not here to have, like, I can't remember any of the discussion stuff at this point, but there were so many times, not corrections, but just things that I sure. wanted to contribute to the conversation. So much so that I stopped in Houston to see Lauren and tell her some of the thoughts that I was having about the stuff you were talking about. I am confident, though, that I did mention your biggest grievance with the film. I don't remember, but we'll get to it because we're going to talk okay. about that film in my category. Fair um, enough, do fair you want to go ahead and just go first? Cause I've got a, a cleanup batter list of things to run through, uh, to talk about. You spilled batter on your list. That's I spilled batter. On my, so I need a few minutes while you're talking to clean, to it, clean up. it up. Yeah. That's very embarrassing. Yeah. Um, some YouTube drama going on, which is very exciting for me because it happens to be within the sphere that I pay attention to. I like to watch lots of, uh, t- uh, computer. I was about to say tech related. It's not much, uh, not as much tech related as just computer related content. So like the V does tech, uh, LTT gamers, Nexus, um, Jay's two cents. Uh, these are the creators that I watch. Um, and there was a comment that sparked a lot more comments. So LTT has an expo that happens. I think it's happened maybe the last two years or three years. I don't feel like it's a long-lived event. But the point is, it just happened not too long ago. And as part of it, you could pay for a walkthrough of the LTT studio. So LTT is Linus Tech Tips. It's part of the Linus Media Group. This is a channel that started by a guy named Linus. He used to um, review products for the store that he worked for. And then that has now blown up into this, like company that employs 150 people and they test and they review and they put out content they put out like 25 videos a week of of shorts and content on like different channels so anyway uh ltt uh they were giving people as part of this expo you could pay to tour their studios and to tour their um area where they do all their testing because that's a big thing they talk about is all the the new testing whatever stuff that they're putting in uh and as part of that tour people were filming it of course and people posted parts of that on online well one of the people that that one of the clips that was posted was a guy on the ltt staff he's one of the the i don't know his actual role but he made the comment about how well every time we do a video what separates us from gamers nexus and hardware unboxed so he called out two channels by name he said what separates us from them and these other people is that we test stuff every time we never reuse our results that's the equivalent to like throwing down right like these guys are terrible don't listen to them listen to us instead so so that starts and then immediately, uh, Hardware Unboxed, I believe is what it's called, they push back on it. Uh, there was a poor attempt at damage control. Stuff's just rehashed. Now, if you've watched LTT for any amount of time or watched Linus for any amount of time, he's like he's a, he's a bit of an ass. Okay, mm. so like if you were to say something critical to him or call him out on something, he will double, triple, quadruple down. The guy just does not walk things backwards. And like maybe he'll concede a part of it. But he immediately follows up by doubling down again. He's that type of guy. Now, he's goofy and he's fun. And a lot of his takes are good. And so I think people give him a lot of grace. 
But realistically, if you pay attention, like, the, the dude's an ass. Okay, he is. Um, but he has built this this really big company, and I think people have a lot of respect for him because of the company that he's built. But uh, anyway, there wasn't really an apology, and so Gamers Nexus, whereas LTT is known as, like, the, the easygoing, fun, quantity over quality, entry-level tech channel... Gamers Nexus is the, we're going to take the next like three hours and deep dive into this like really heady technical stuff that you're going to feel like you need a degree to understand. That's their type of content. So they, in the wake of this, just posted a 45 minute video diving into all of the ways that LTT has been like irresponsible with the the content they've posted where they've gotten things wrong where they've uh potentially misled consumers damaged other companies etc like they do a deep dive into all of this so i watched the whole 45 minute video let me also say the dude from gamers nexus comes across as really really arrogant he he comes across as like and i don't mean in this video i mean generally like he's the guy that just has a sarcastic quip for everything and it just for me gets under my skin because it reminds me of all the computer science majors i went to college with i can't imagine interacting with somebody who's sarcastic all the time (laughs) that said this video i mean this video is spot on like like you just can't argue with the way it's it's all laid out and presented when you look at the big picture it's it's content at the expense of quality and unfortunately that a lot of people make purchasing decisions off this content regardless of how you brand it or talk about it people look at it as an authority and if you say negative things about other companies you may not feel the impacts they might be getting destroyed by it or might be forever altered by it and so you just when you have that type of power there is a what's the word that comes with power uh responsibility you have a responsibility to wield that power well and uh, anyway great deep dive i am waiting for the ltt response because they do this they do this live show and inevitably they're going to get to this in their live show uh, I don't know if that's happening tonight or when, but by the time you hear this, that will have happened. So there may be even more drama. Who knows? But uh, wild to watch. But to Gamers Nexus credit, uh, very, very well put together, very well said, and it's being very well received so far. And on the LTT side, uh, hopefully there are things to take away from it because honestly, they've assembled an awesome like cast and crew of people. There's a lot of stuff that I think is worth uh, emulating that they do really well. Um I think, I think it's easy problems to correct. They have the right people. There just needs to be a couple of like culture company shifts. That's what I'm trying to say. So sure. anyway, that's all. That's that's too much of a deep dive on the YouTube drama that's happening. That's it, Andrew. That's, that's it. all you, for you? All right, do, I'm gonna, your, do your sticky note. I'm going to run through some things. <clears throat> so first of all, I started watching Welcome to Wrexham. It's incredibly well done. It's Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhaney who bought uh, the Wrexham football league uh, or the Wrexham football team and... Uh, their quest to get them to prom- to be promoted into the next to the next club uh, the next league. So anyway, uh, I'm not going to do any any review on it other than I love it. And if you haven't watched it yet, go go watch it. So then when I finish it, we can I can have someone to talk to about it. Um, <clears throat> I did get some things in the mail while uh, I was gone. I returned, uh, and I'm going to show you a handful of them. But because okay. um, a handful sh- is that's enough. A handful is enough, is what I've been told. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Monster in My Pocket, and uh, I got a whole bunch of them in the mail, and here are a few of them. Here's this uh, yellow... It's like a like, griffin-looking thing? It's kind of like a griffin, but it's like a panther body instead of like a, a lion's body. Um, and they're like rubber. They're like oh, a rubber. Okay, okay. They're not, they're not like hard plastic. Um, I'm just what year to- are these from? What What year is this? 1991, maybe 1989. Okay. Somewhere around, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, but I, I talked about a couple specific ones that I was excited about that I had when I was younger uh, that I wanted to reclaim. And I'm going to show you a couple of those right now because those are the special ones in my mind. Um, okay. I've got the witch. She, for whatever reason, she's number... She's number 10. You can see her. There, there's a stamped number on her butt. You see that 10 down there? That is surprisingly detailed, if I'm honest. <laughs> it is. It, she's got, got quite a, quite a. Uh, I was not expecting that. I just <laughs> thought we would see Robe 
but you see two very distinct butt cheeks. Yes, indeed you do. Um, so there, that's that's her. This is the Invisible Man, and so like he's got the bandages and like his he doesn't have hands or whatever. He Will said have... he didn't see the ten. By the way, he's curious if you could show it again. Oh, you want to see the ten? Yeah, let me let me really kind of get in on that ten. There's yeah. the ten. I would call that the Invisible Underwear, based on that <laughs> based on that mold. <laughs> Um, and then I'll, I'll skip some of the other ones, but they're like, the colors are great. Like here's a, here's a purple, like three headed, um, like one of the three headed dogs. I can't remember what they're called, but like, it's a mythical creature. The purple is great. The the green is great. Like they're just the perfect kinds of colors for what these things are. That's the reason I asked the year because, because of the material. I don't know if I was kind of expecting they would have like marring or maybe like like almost like dents in them or something like that, but they all look very vibrant and clean. Yeah, they're very clean. Now, ironically, the one I was getting ready to show you is Medusa and she actually does have a little bit of paint on her like on her chest. I see. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's Medusa. She was one of the ones that like always stuck what out. What number was Medusa? I think I missed that. Uh Medusa is another 10, but she's from a different series. No, not, and she's no, no, not interested. I'd say she's more of a seven. <laughs> um, but here's the one. This is the one that it, if I got none of the other ones, I'd be totally fine as long as I got this one. And and here he is. He's is number Wolfie? 20. He's 25. Yeah, this is the werewolf. Ooh, and that's the sound he, he's making. He is pristine. Yeah. So he's a werewolf who's like, he's howling at the moon. He's got his like tattered and ribbed clothes. I mean, look at crab claws for hands. He's got a little bit of a caboose there too. Um, Yeah, not bad. But the the detail is pretty astounding for, I don't know if it's really, if you're able to capture it on this video, but like the detail is pretty astounding for what this is, for the material that it's made out of. And the fact that this is almost 40 years old. The, the, this is this is fantastic. So really happy about that. Um, I have a bunch of extra ones. Like I've, I've, I've got a bunch of them. And so I'm thinking that maybe we do a giveaway and I send some of these out. Or if, if you're interested in any of these um, and want a couple of these fun rubber, like early 90s toys, like nostalgic toys, yeah. hit me up and um, I, I will gladly send a few of these out. I'm tempted to sit. This is an inside thought. But I'm tempted to say we should do like almost like a giveaway episode where yeah. we have our, our packing supplies in front of us we and we just we have like a stack of things that we give away over the course of the episode. We pack them up in the moment uh, and then drop drop them and ship them. Speaking of things to give away, Lauren gave me a few sets of these. She had these remade. Nice. So these are our, our character uh, stickers from uh, our D&D game. So uh, these would be thrown into some of those giveaways as well. Um, but I'm totally down for a giveaway uh, a giveaway episode. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, okay, on the topic of nostalgia, on my way back, we stopped at uh, our friend Wes's house. He's smack dab in the middle. Um, he's in technically Mississippi, but it's like just on the border. Like he's in like the sliver of Mississippi, so he's he's just yeah. like almost in. Because I ten spends like forty five minutes in Mississippi. That's what it feels. Yeah, like. and he lives like right in the middle of that. But he was at a Comic-Con a couple of months ago and saw something that he thought I would like and he picked it up for me. And I'm going to, I told him I would show them on air and then I would open them on air. And that is original wax paper, like wax wrapper, um, original cards, trading cards for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And these are like the wax, you you know, like these these cards, right? Like where they're they're. No, I'm I'm literally going to ask you, what do you do with these? You're well, they're just collectible cards, but you know, like these cards that are like wrapped in wax, right? It's one of those things that exists in some recess of my mind, and it is familiar, but completely not. Okay, so these cards are from 1990 uh, and then 1991, respect uh, respectively. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first pack. I'm going to open this right now. Uh, this uh, Jedi, these don't come with gum. These come with stickers. So these kinds of cards uh, would either come with like a stick of gum that was like this powdery thing that if you were to open any of those packs now, it would just crumble and fall away. Or they would come with like a sticker. Uh, And this, these came with a sticker. So I'm just going to, I'm going to open these on air, show everybody what I got. So this is what's cool about these packages because they're wax, they kind of fold out and you can rewrap them. Um, so these are the cards. Let's see what we got here. We got Splinter. We've got uh, I Splinter these. being captured. I so had is, some of these. This is card number 106. 
right? So you're seeing the, the battle with Tatsu, the apartment. I mean, it's like, these are all just stills from the movie, right? And Casey yeah. Jones right there. And then him with Jim, Jim Henson. There you go. Jim Henson with Leonardo uh, in Jim Henson's Creature Shop. That's a pretty rad card. I don't know which one of these is the sticker. It must be this one. Oh, it's this one with Splinter, that very first one that I opened up. That's a sticker. It's actually not even as cool as the cards are. It's kind of... It's like an ultra crop on his face. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I don't I don't know that I love that. That Jim Henson one though is really cool. Clowning with Leonardo is the name of that is the name of that card. All right, so this is a Secret of the Ooze. I'm going to open this pack up. And quickly tell me where would you get these and why? You would get these at any like hobby store, comic book store, anything like that. This is where you would get them. Now, you'd probably only get them at like antique stores or some hobby stores if they sell like older things, like vintage things. All right, so here's the Here's the other set. So this is a different kind of design. This is from Secret of the Ooze. It's them on the roof talking about the ooze and the story. Donatello with his goofy smile, eating his bowl of popcorn. Oh, there we go. We've got uh, Toka, if you remember who that is, Patrick. You remember Toka, right? Sure enough. <laughs> no way. Oh, man. Pizza Boy's back. This is great. This is a fantastic card. This is the card that they used at the at the beginning of the movie. They jump when they go into that little shopping mall. All four turtles jump up and it pauses at this screen right here. And then you see the secret of the ooze thing drip down the front. This is the title card. That's fantastic. I love that. Oh, this is them doing the ninja rap. Go turtles, go turtles, go. Right, Andrew? Go turtles, go turtles, go. That's not quite how it goes. Um, and then you've got Razor. You had Toka. Now you've got Razor. Like ruining things that you like. I know. It's great. Oh, and then another thing during that party, this is when they determine um, that they've got a, that they've, they've figured out a way to, to beat him. Oh, wow. This is a cool sticker. Here's a sticker. We've got Shredder. Okay. That one's rad. That yeah. one's super rad. It's Shredder holding a, holding the, the TGRI, um, the TGRI mutagen. So that's How fantastic. How much are those packs? Uh, they're probably a handful of dollars. I don't know. I, they were a gift, so I don't know. Okay. Um, okay, so that was cool. Thank you, Wes. Huge thanks. I love uh, I love getting fun little things like that. Uh, on, on the topic of gifts, I did get a couple of gifts from Becca. I'm going to show these real quick. Not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but I got some pins from, uh, from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. A great one from them at the hot dog stand with the the balloons, which is a limited edition one. And then a perfect date night or best date night where they're sitting with um, Pluto at doing the picnic and he's singing the song to her with his ukulele. Fantastic sticker. And then this is one that's super exciting, Patrick, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> she did pick up for me one of the J-Led figures. So this wow. is Goofy. And as we've shown before, as we've talked about them on the show before, um, they have all the like the regular characters but they also have a variant of each one, and it's a blind. It's a blind box. You don't know what you're going to get, which one. You know That's you're going to get massive blind box. at least a Goofy, but you don't know which one you're going to get. Well, this top just slides right off. It's a nice, like, foil top. Um, the packaging is actually really nice. And then what you have is a display, and this is the variant of Goofy. Oh, my. I love Ledbetter style so yes. much. And and honestly, the the variant of Goofy is, in my opinion, far better than the regular of goofy so um his eyes are all the way open like the regular his eyes are kind of half closed he looks kind of high um but this one is and his clothes uh, have a slightly different variant to them and they have different color palette uh different color palette for his whole figure so anyway excited to get this guy i knew that you'd be excited to see him because it is the chase variant of of him okay i think i've covered all of that stuff i have two more things to share one is upcoming and one just happened. You guys mentioned that you were in Florida and you did some fun things. Well, one of those things was you helped me surprise Becca at Disney when um, I went to pick her up to bring her back to Texas. Whoa, and, whoa, we whoa. Are, and we are, in fact, now engaged. So she, I can call her my fiance. Wait. And uh, I believe this is what needs to happen. There it is. I was about to be <laughs> devastated if you didn't use your soundboard. Oh, my word. Uh, yeah, so it was fun. I could tell that story. and Dude, it Congratulations. Would take a, thank you. And thank you for helping uh, keeping that a secret. It was crazy. What, let me ask you this. What, what in, in the moment, so this is only for this community because we're so close to you. Right. What were you thinking 
while you were while you were proposing like while i was actually down on one knee yeah like maybe the five seconds before the uh the five seconds during five seconds after the five seconds before i was thinking uh i can't tell you what i was thinking other than like thinking like okay i hope this works because we it was orchestrated the whole thing was planned and you know you were part of that plan and you can tell because I looked at my heart rate at the exact minute that I was doing it, and my heart rate was 144. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we were literally just standing there. So it's not like I was running around. Um, and then uh, when I was doing it, when I actually, like, I handed her the note and, the, like, all the setup, and I and we can share the story later because um, it would take a little, a little time. But uh, when I gave her the note, as soon as I gave her the note, like, everything kind of disappeared. Um, all the hundreds of people yeah. who were surrounding us completely disappeared. And it was like total like tunnel vision until after I got down on one knee, gave her the ring. She showed her the ring. Yeah. <laughs> she said, yes. And then I surprised her with everybody. You guys all came running over and yelling and yeah. she was surprised. She left me standing there holding the ring to go hug all of her friends who she didn't know were there. And uh, at one point, I literally just closed the box. All the photos that we have, by the way, of her hugging all of friends and family, there's no ring on her hand because she left it. And so I just literally said, do you want this? (laughs) And uh, she did want it, fortunately. Um, Yeah, I I will say, um, I do remember, I mean, I saw it happen and it was like, oh, beautiful and all that type of stuff. Um, What I do remember is that uh, Becca was obviously like crying immediately, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then when she turned and like saw her mom and her family like like really crying, but she came up and she hugged everybody. And when she hugged me, I like tried to say congratulations. She didn't say anything back to me. She coughed in my ear twice and then left. <laughs> and that is what I will always remember. <laughs> that, that is what I received in the moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <clears throat> um. No, it, I I was the last one to get a hug. By the way, you were. she was happy when she saw the ring. She was happier when she saw all of you. And it's clear we have photo documentation of it. Like we have a professional photographer from Disney documenting this whole thing. You can see the moment when I propose and the moment when she sees you guys. And it's literally like twenty percent increase of of happiness. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it it was. (laughs) (laughs) And so she repaid that happiness by coughing in your ear. (laughs) Okay. Um, One final thing that's not nearly as exciting as that, but this is coming up this week and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, If you're part of our channel, if you're part of our, like uh, our Slack channel, you've seen that I've been talking about Lorcana these past couple of weeks. Um, And this past week, especially, I've been really kind of digging in to try to find somebody um, to help me find a place that's doing pre-orders for it. This game comes out on Friday for our local game stores. And so, Patrick, you and I are going to go try. Um, This game is so scarce that that, um, local game stores had to be entered into like a lottery system to be able to get product, to be able to sell it. That's my understanding after having now talked to... I think I've talked to six or seven different game store people, like like owners or workers at yeah, game stores, yeah. from around our surrounding area. I think as far as Round Rock, I think I called. So about almost two hours away. Um, a couple of them are, uh, one of them is doing pre-orders in like Missouri or something like that. Like it's, uh, it's Tolene told me that like his store is doing some pre-orders, but they're not even announcing what those are until tomorrow which would be yesterday if you're listening to this on release day but it's crazy um it's it's like gonna be very scarce but a lot of these places are just doing first come first serve and they're limiting what you're gonna be allowed to purchase um and uh so patrick and i are gonna uh, get up early and we're gonna go try to hit up a couple of our game stores 3 a.m uh and <laughs> we'll see what we come out with my hope is that we walk away um with enough enough product that we can actually play a game together because um if they're limiting well, I'm, not things, op- I'm not opening mine cool um i am opening mine uh so i'm hoping that we're able to get at least uh, between the two of us enough that we can open two decks and yeah. play those decks. if i get it you'll know because i'll have added a shelf right behind me and it'll just be sitting up on my shelf you're gonna get your uh get a whole um phillips hue strip just to surround the just box to put around just, yeah. Lorcana. 
Yes, I, I'm very excited for it, and I in no way want to participate with it. Uh, but the idea of something collectible, hard to get, I'm hooked with with a Two fan base like with a fan base like Disney. Let's go now. Yeah. I can go now. It's um, I, I'm excited for it. I hope to not be let down. It push comes to shove. The game mass releases in the beginning yeah. of September, so a few a few weeks from now. Um, I could go, you know, hit up Target or Walmart or whatever and hopefully snag a, a couple of decks. But I'm really hoping not to have to do that. I hope I can get get in um, with the, the game store crowd. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have a story about that next week and a little bit of a review. Uh, I've seen some of like the previews of some of the cards. They look phenomenal. The artwork on these cards is, is great. I've watched gameplay footage of like... Um, like early release gameplay footage. It plays a lot like Magic the Gathering, um, but it's like Magic the Gathering light. And yeah, so I'm excited to I'm excited to play it. Okay, I've talked enough in this around the table. You I think we can go so ahead long. and end it and head on over into our master categories. Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those dice give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. Patrick. Um, you're talking about the smallest little workshop. Nope, but close enough. So okay. let's jump in. I actually, I had a one, and I uh, last week that means that someone else chooses. Turtle trivia was chosen, but the person that chose it is not here, so I'm saving it. I'm going to do that uh, next week when Lauren is returned. Uh, and so instead, today, I am going to talk about small world workshop. Now, this is partially in light of me doing some mini painting this week. Sorry that you couldn't join Andrew. Uh, right now, by the way, fun fact, uh, Adam, if Adam, if you're listening, um, I don't think you are, uh, but Adam actually 3D printed our miniatures from, uh, Rourke, he 3D printed our miniatures from our D&D campaign, uh, that we've been doing, and, uh, this was, I feel like a couple years ago that he did this, and he, I've had him this whole time, someone is painting mine right now. Because I went and did some painting yesterday and realized I was terrible at it. So instead, oh, Patrick, I can't tell you that. <laughs> allowing someone else to paint my miniature. So hopefully I'll be showing that off soon. But I'm very obsessed right now with the world of miniature scale and what is possible. And that led me to find small small world workshop. It's SMOL, so I want to be like small. Every small, time I see it. Small world, Coral. Yeah, small world workshop. But let me show that to you right here. So if you're not seeing this right now because it's a podcast, let me just say that on first glance, this is indistinguishable yeah. from what you would see on the side of the road driving through some small town in central Georgia. Yeah. Um, it is wild the the level of detail that you see now this construction is primarily balsa wood i believe um and there's a lot of awesome tricks well with the exception of the bricks that you see those bricks are going to be um like a heavy foam and then the chairs and like little like cups and axes so the whole interior to this is done by the way you're just not seeing it right now those are going to be 3d printed but the person that builds the small world workshop actually goes through a uh i mean this is like a 30 minute video i think goes through tips and tricks and shows you every single step of the way so setting out the the design initially picking the material uh setting out the uh kind of the frame structure uh doing all the siding doing the roof doing the decking doing the floor doing the the chimney and the brickwork doing the grass doing the dirt like there is so much information jam-packed into the videos um so this is one of the styles but to show you a bit of the variety offered this is something else from Small World Workshop. This is also a model. Uh, now, this is meant to look like... And they I'm gonna use let, that in the set from Mamma Mia, right? Yeah, I'm going to let this play for just a little bit. So this is meant to look like a scene from Greece. Again, this is 124 scale. Now, instead of being balsa wood, this one is done primarily with, um, like, and I think it's foam stock. I'm not sure the exact name, so I apologize. Uh, and then the texturing on the outside is done with a mixture of, of actual, like, uh, of plaster. Um, and, and, again, that's all explained how he gets that. The the stones themselves, I believe, are, are 
pieces of um, there's small thin pieces of foam core that are individually cut and done uh, and then all the joints are mortared but again all of this is explained all the greenery you're seeing is actually 3d printed uh, it is fascinating how these effects are made and small world workshop explains all of them so there are additional details where uh, they go into um, like one-off, I think he's got a video just showing like trash cans, like going into like smaller bits. Um, but there are a couple of videos that show big, big projects like this from start to finish. And again, just break down so many techniques that if you were starting from scratch, you know, how would you ever learn this stuff absent a community or absent a very smart teacher? But they have over the years collected all this information and put it into these really, really dense Video. So this is something I plan to be doing soon. I'm personally more attracted to the idea of using something like balsa to create a structure. Uh, and so I've already started kind of planning out what I want to do right now. My thinking is potentially doing um, combining two of the techniques we see here and doing a balsa frame, but then doing the plaster outside and maybe doing the Simpsons house. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Ooh. Because I think what we're seeing now that is meant to be Greek could very easily be shifted to fit a style like that. So yeah. I'm trying to work it out, trying to figure it out. But but this is the thing I've set my sights on that I am just desperate to try. Uh, now, I don't have access to a 3D printer. Uh, so in terms of decorations, <laughs> I might be getting in touch with some people in the community to maybe assist with some of this uh, because I will not be able to do it all myself. But in ter- but for the structure itself, I'm really excited to, to try this out. I don't know where I'm going to put it. Uh, Mackenzie, you're going to have to give up your dining room for who knows how long. It depends on my level of motivation. So it could be years, uh, but I find this fascinating. And then congratulations, by the way, to Small World. I think they just passed um, 10,000 subscribers on YouTube this past week. So congratulations to them. Uh, Awesome, awesome, awesome content. Uh, They don't charge enough for it, that's for sure. Uh, But anyway, uh, if you're interested in mini building, that's something great to check out. When I was looking on YouTube, a lot of the information I was finding initially was more along the lines of almost like engineering-centric, like creating mock-ups of buildings. And this is someone that has just really, really great information about like mini modeling awesome stuff. So yeah, that is my whole pitch for checking out their YouTube channel. I love it. I love things in miniature. They're so impractical. <laughs> like, <laughs> in what like, way? You can't do anything with them. <laughs> like, wait, what do you do with it once you build? It's it's not unlike Lego, right? Like, I love the pursuit of it. I love the look of it, but there's there's almost zero practical use for it, other than um, just the like the the feeling you get of being able to feel like a god (laughs) i mean and it depends on what you're using it for so like lego is a good case in terms of like it never felt like it went far enough for me i love lego but i'm always let down by the fact that the details aren't precise in the case of this person they actually have been hired out by i believe amazon to create models for several shows that they've done um and so their work has been used in some like films or documentaries and then certainly there are other people that create models specifically for filmmaking so uh, I am intrigued on that side but I just love the idea of creating something that's uber realistic that is very small I don't know why that appeals to me so much but I just I find the pursuit of that to be fascinating but I'm correct in saying it doesn't it doesn't hold any like practical value right like you can't like what do you do with it if you get paid by Amazon I would say it does hold value okay I see what you mean I, I I the the art of doing it has value can can right. have value, but once a thing is done, what do you do? Like, what do you do with it? You find. So you, this is the advice I was given by my friend Levin, which was the the who I was painting minis with. The short advice was don't do it, and uh, on follow up, the reason was well, where, where are you going to put it when you're done? Yeah, and uh, uh, I personally and that's why we're not friends with him anymore. <laughs> and I've since completely ended the relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean. From that standpoint, maybe I should start by building an outhouse. Maybe that might be a good place to start. I, an at-scale outhouse. <laughs> no, 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 at a uh, tiny scale. It should be where, oh, like, nice. a, uh, I guess, what would poop at that size? A I don't gecko? know. How dehydrated are you? That's true. Wait, uh, does your poop get smaller if you're dehydrated? 
<laughs> Jedi, let us know. It can, it can become more pellety in nature. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, community. <laughs> I feel like that's something our community will for sure know about. No, uh, but send, small. Send, drop your pics on Slack. <laughs> oh, I don't want any more pictures from anybody. So, Small World Workshop, check it out. Uh, Andrew, you're going to talk to us about some music and give us a bad take on the uh, Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, I cannot wait to set the record straight about Mutant Mayhem. There's been a lot of really positive talk and it's time for a real fan to shed some truth on the matter so right. um but my foray into that conversation is going to be in way of music i got music and so uh, i am talking about the teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem soundtrack uh and so to just start off the conversation i do want to say this movie was perfect <laughs> this movie was <laughs> absolutely incredible uh, and one of biased one of the things that made it so good was the music. You heard Lauren talk about some of the animation style last week. You you guys talked about the writing and how it was fresh, and you talked about the energy and the pacing, and I agree with all of those things. One thing you guys didn't really talk about was uh, the music, at, at least at length. Um, and so let me just run through a couple of the songs that I think make the make it uh, so fun. The um, There's quite a variety of different... Um, different songs in the soundtrack. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. Uh, a couple of them, they, they play Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice, which was like chef's kiss, absolute chef's kiss. Uh, they played um, No Diggity. You talked about that being like your favorite scene, like the, yes. the cut scene, the montage with No Diggity by Blackstreet and Dr. Dre. Um, that scene was perfect. And I think what made that scene even better, and, and I made like hand gestures and you were like, what's going on? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Like I'll tell you later. The thing that I was making gestures about is during that scene, the first half of that scene was shown in side scrolling. And, yeah. and so it played like the video game, the side scrolling video game. And the second I saw they were doing that, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what they're doing with this. They're making this an homage to the video game. And I just started praying to, um, Seth Rogen is not the director, but he's the only person that's been in the marketing. So I can't even remember the director's name right now. It's like Jeff something, um, or Jack. Do you want me to, it's, it's Jeff Rowe. It's Jeff Rowe. Jeff we Rowe. should get that right since I never corrected it last, uh, yes, last week. Jeff Rowe. Um, I started praying to any of the gods that Jeff Rowe prays to <laughs> that he got inspiration to do the thing that it needed to, ha that needed to happen. And it happened. And that's one of the characters. I don't even know which one at this point. I got to go back and watch it again. Spun one of the bad guys around and threw him at the screen. And that's that is funny. 100% a video game reference hands down. And it was perfection. Um, and all done to the, the song of no diggity. And it was just, oh, just very, very good. Um, what was a couple of the other ones that were great? Um, shimmy, shimmy. Yeah. Uh, by old dirty bastard was a great, like just the, the vibe that you're getting with this. It feels like, um, grungy, uh, punk meets rap, like New York, um, city, like back in the, the, the late eighties, early nineties, like when, when New York was still, still a little bit rough before kind of Disney came in and cleaned everything up in New York city. Um, Annie up. Yep. That's a great, that's another great one that, that they did in the, in the movie. They also did, um, Oh gosh, where is it? Feel me flow by naughty by nature. Like you're getting this vibe of like, this is what these filmmakers were listening to back when the Ninja Turtles were like in the mainstream, when they were first coming out. These are the kinds of songs that were going on when this happened. Uh, party up by DMX. Uh, there's one other one that's, that's great. And it's the one that they used in the, uh, in the trailer. And so if you've seen any of the trailers and you haven't seen the movie, this is the song that set the tone for the trailer. And then, and in turn carried through the movie. And that was a song called, uh, can I kick it by a tribe called quest. And that song was like, honestly, if you listen to that, if you see the, the, the trailer for it, and you're wondering how the movie feels, that's a perfect fit for what this whole movie is. Uh, I thought the, the, uh, what is it called? The, um, it's not Metacritic. What's the, the audience, the one where it's like, you get what you're expecting. Cinescore. Cinescore. I don't know what the Cinescore Cinema is. Score. Cinema score is. But this movie was everything I needed it to be, and it was more. So, like, if you can get bonus points in Cinemascore, this one should get, like, 112. <laughs> Um, whatever it is. Uh, but the, the music was, was so good. 
It was perfectly timed. The The writing in this movie, like you guys mentioned, was so well done. It hits a lot of different age groups. It absolutely hits the um, the 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 teenage version of these turtles. And I, I think you talked a little bit, Patrick, about the kind of that mini doc that they showed us before the movie started. Cause we went to the fan, a fan event and we had yeah, like a 10 yeah. or 15 minute long, like mini documentary. And they talked about how the, the, the teenage actors were given the intro. Well, first of all, they were all in the same room together um, recording together as opposed to being isolated and recording their, their individual lines separately. They brought all four of the turtles together, all the kids together, and they just let them go. And the teenagers, like the, the, the directors would say, this is the line, but say that how a teenager would say, like, just you do how, how you would do it and we'll capture that. And so that energy carries all the way through the movie. And, um, I, 100% 100% um, will see this movie many, many more times. I haven't seen it more uh, in, in the theaters yet, but I can't wait to go back um, and see it. Well, I, I want to real quick on that note. There are some lines in the movie that are so current teenagery that they're going to age out super quick. Sure. Yeah, but maybe. On the, but on the other side, that's also the reason you end up with very iconic language and lines attached to properties. Like the, the sure. reason it will be repeatable is because it's like unique and one-off. So in the moment I had a thought of like, Oh, that could be cringe. But at the same time, I actually think that's, what's going to give it sticking power. Assuming yeah. the movie's received well, it has been received well. It's been received really well. Uh, the Rotten Tomato score is a 96. The audience score is a 91%. Uh, percent, and um, they've already been signed on for a sequel and a a show. There's a, a show spinoff that they're doing that's already been greenlit. Pun not intended. Um, but going back to what you saying, what... You mentioning what my my one beef with the the movie was. I believe you're talking about Paul Rudd. Yes, that's the only issue that I have. I loved all the voice the voice actors. I liked Post Malone being Ray Fillet. That was amazing, and he would just sing his name over and over again. Ray Fillet, like that was great. Um, and Paul Rudd, what they were promoting in this movie, the one line he said in the in the promotion of this movie was, uh, "Say it, Patrick." These people, they have to go. These people, he says, they gets to go. They like, to go. Great delivery of that line by Mondo Gecko. I can't picture a better Mondo Gecko. I was so excited to see Ma- Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. But then like the rest of the movie, and he had a lot of dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Like he he played a, a bigger role than I would have expected given the, the wide variety of the cast. Um, he just talked as Paul Rudd. And I was like, okay, that, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But we could have... Like, let's character that up just a little bit more instead of just that one line. I don't know why there wasn't more voice direction to to obviously um, push him in that direction. So I don't know. That's my one beef with the movie. I love that um, Natasha, I can't remember her last name right now, but she plays Nadia in um, What We Do in the Shadows, plays mm-hmm. Wingnut, the bat. She's a vampire uh, in her like most prolific role. So to see her play a, a bat, there's so many things um uh there's so many easter eggs to the shows to the movies to the video games and even expanding beyond that just to the time period um a- April's helmet um when you first get introduced to, uh, to April she's riding by on her on her little like moped uh she's got a good burger sticker on her helmet how great is that for anybody who is familiar with good burger home of the good burger can I take your order um, Keenan and Kel, all that, that whole genre, everything was ca- encapsulated so well layered. Um, there was like a layered store, Eastman high school, like all of these things are, are just Wait, who are perfectly, they? uh, Eastman and Laird are the creators, co-creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in 1984. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You just got learned some, um, but I that's, knew that, but maybe our audience didn't. Yes, but now our audience does, and they've all come along for the ride. This movie was absolute fan service, but not at the expense of an of a very fun, a very fun, captivating, energetic, uh, approachable movie. 
this you don't have to have been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan since you were since you were born to have loved this movie. I think this will introduce a whole new world of turtles into people who didn't know they existed before and will carry the franchise into the next realm. This seems to be a franchise that has the staying power for whatever reason it has never left the zeitgeist. It's always yeah. had some level of popularity within our popular culture. Um but I think this is going to propel us into the into the next wave of this in a very very positive way. Not in the same way that it was propelled into the future with the uh, Michael Bay Turtles that was not seen at, with as much fanfare or with as much wide acceptance. This is a a very nice turn, and I love the direction that we're going with it. And um, I don't think I can say enough things about it other than hey, yeah, let's I think go back and see it again. I think it's terrible because yeah. Barbie and Turtles have now convinced studios that anything that's a childhood toy should be released on the big screen. And this is going to contribute to so much garbage over the next several years. So just you're, buckle you're up, not everybody. wrong. You're not you're, wrong. Anything, anything. Polly Pockets coming out, by the way. If you are, that's is it really? 100% that's in. And we better be getting a Mighty Max. If we get a Polly Pocket and no Mighty Max, I'm going to, I'm going to be angry. Bro, it's going to, it is going to be relentless Bro, for that a means years. That means we're getting a Monster in My Pocket movie. <laughs> that's what that we means. Very well. Is, <laughs> hey, listen, actually, based on what I've seen tonight, like, I'm going to give that one a 10. Like, I'm going to show up for that one. But, like, it's, uh, <laughs> It's going to be relentless. Now, I'm kind of okay with it because I'm burned out on a lot of the other movies. Yeah. Um, but I just think we've set some unrealistic expectations and we're going to suffer now. I, I will say, if I had to choose between watching a Polly Pocket movie and watching the new Marvel, The Marvels, I'd rather go see Polly Pocket. I have zero interest <laughs> totally in watching The Marvels. I agree with you. And let me be clear. This is not a comment about who is in The Marvels. This could be any Marvel film from my standpoint, but I I do agree with you. Yeah, I, people are gonna think that you're making like an anti-female superhero, and that's not what it is. That's not it at all. I just talked yeah. about how much I loved Barbie. <laughs> like, but no, I, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I gushed over Barbie. Like, it's yeah, it's whatever. But I do, I do think you're right. This is showing that 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 uh, nostalgia plays. We've known that. Like, it's not like that's new, but like. It's gonna it's gonna drudge up a bunch of stuff, and it's yeah. gonna be um, they're gonna have to the, the studios are gonna have to use their discretion on which properties to let go forward with the appropriate people. Greta Gerwig was the best person to do a Barbie movie for this time in in space. Uh, Jeff Rowe and Seth Rogen were the right people to helm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot uh, from the angle that they have. So like. If they can find the right people, then I'm okay with with them exploring some of these other toy franchises from when we were kids. But I do agree, we're probably going to see a, a lot of uh, direct to uh, direct to video style um, adaptations yeah. of things that you know that we could just do better just without. Like we could just live better without. So, um, but we'll oh, see. Kate has such a good idea to uh, bop it. But like a horror film. <laughs> well, I mean, they had that Winnie the Pooh horror film, and we do get, we do have uh, Five Nights at Freddy's coming out in like two months. So yeah, we could do a Bop It horror film for sure. Uh, that game, that game gives me anxiety. <laughs> so it makes sense for it to be a horror film. You played it, right, Patrick? I mean, my my ankle won't fit in it now. We can do a. No, you're thinking of skip it. I'm thinking of skip it because she said she said skip it, bop it in her comment. Oh, I see. She said both, and so I'm still thinking uh, skip it. I was gonna say skip it is that's McKinsey's uh, favorite game. Is skip it? Skip, I was gonna say they could it. do a horror film of skip it, and it's just skip it at Fat Camp. <laughs> but the bop it is the one that's like tug it, pull it, that one, <laughs> fist it, like whatever it said. <laughs> That's that's that one, right? <laughs> oh, that hurts my throat. Uh, so, yeah, that's the one. Like, I have a, uh, I, I have one that I got for Cooper um, a while back, a couple years ago. It's a Grogu. It's like a Baby Yoda one. Yeah, and you like twist his head and like pull his feet and stuff. Um, it's it's interesting. But yeah, so bop it uh, as a horror film, skip it as a horror film. I'm I'm into all of those ideas as long as they're helmed by the right people. Like, put it. Put the right people behind it. Like make Rob Zombie do 
the bop it horror film and I'm into it. Like I'll go see it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a take that he can, he can spin on that. So, um, okay. I think that's enough, uh, talking about Ninja Turtles. I could talk for hours. I absolutely adored it. If you can't tell, um, I didn't say anything about the animation, but what's, what is there left to say? Everyone's already said it. It's great. Um, so go see it. If you haven't put, put money, uh, into the, the pockets of the people who put this, this film out, that's going to be it for our, episode i think i think we've covered all the things so yeah. what you're going to need to do is uh go on over to m of one.network to find show notes and links about all the stuff that we talk about um you might find a couple of show notes uh, on there but uh, you can click on those and watch things and find things and do all the things right there you can also join the conversation on slack we've talked about slack a handful of times today uh in this episode it's pretty easy. Go to mof1.network slash Slack or just go to our homepage and find the Slack icon. And it's that little hashtag. Uh, you can join the conversation in there because as soon as we are done here, we pick it right back up right there. And you can catch us live right here on Twitch. Um, you don't want to miss this. It's like we, so much of this stuff is visual and it's just way yeah. easier if you join us. And if you're here live, you can actually pose questions and you can be a part of the conversation and you can discuss things with us. And it's just more fun that way. Uh, and then finally, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast anywhere that you find podcasts, especially if you're in Moldova, um, because we are rock stars in Moldova. We've gone up the charts even more this week in Moldova. It doesn't stop. I can't wait for our Moldanese fans to visit Texas so we can take them out for a nice steak dinner. Um, yeah. So that's all I have to Unless say. Unless they're vegetarians. That. Yeah. Well, I think we can get them a nice... And that's not even a it, joke. Just practically speaking, we wouldn't force a vegetarian. We would, right, exactly. It's, that's a good thing. We're it's, good, good it's a good thing to note. We're not going to make you eat something that you're not comfortable eating. Whether you're Mold, Moldovian. Yeah, or Genovian. On that note, you can find me at Sale with threes instead of E's all over the internet. If you want to see pictures of me getting down on one knee, that's where you're going to see them. Patrick, where do people find you? You can find me at Not Cool Co. We're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. Peace. To everybody. Bop it, smack it, eat it.